You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. put it there because I'm going to kick it over again. <laughs> ah, you're good. Thank you. Hey, um, I just want to thank the uh, sound and AV guys for putting in extra work, extra hours. Uh, we, we, have, we have got a significant upgrade right here and um, it's good. I'm out. Yeah, here we go. Real good. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's real good. That's real funny. That's real funny, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound man's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I got it. I got it. He's like, I got so much power right now. <laughs> yeah, good. It's all good. Hey, um, yeah, so just thank these guys. They really put in a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, Todd's gone to a lot of uh, extra stuff outside of work to, to make it happen. So, yeah, bless you guys. You guys are awesome. It's good. And I just wanted to say, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, I just wanted to say, make room. Okay? Make room. Make room in your heart for more. Make room in your life. Make room. Because we're going somewhere. All right? Jump in your Bibles to Philippians because we are spending eight weeks there. It's so good. Well, we're not, well, this is like week four. We're not spending the whole next eight weeks there, but, well, we are, but just not eight weeks straight. You get, you get to go home. It's okay. Um, does anyone else get excited when something gets cancelled? You, you know, yeah, I, I know that you and I, you know, sometimes things will be cancelled and we'll be like, Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I love it when something gets cancelled when I have less on, you know? Like, there's less on my plate, less on my calendar. You know, oh, no, we're not going to do that now. Oh, that's not a shame. <laughs> you know? Or you, you ever have, like, uh, like, a free Saturday morning and the kids are at parties or they've gone to do things you know, and, or you're off on annual leave and you, you get bored. Like, who, who's been bored in the last couple of weeks? No? Okay, you guys need to not get out as much. <laughs> you need to, like, stay home more, you know? I, I, I love it when I'm at home and I've got, like, a day off or I'm on holidays and everyone's at work and school and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I do all the standard things that I would do, you know, if I'm on holidays. And then it gets to like day two and I'm like, oh, I've, I've done all the stuff. I'm now I'm bored as, you know. Or I've got a morning off and I'm just bored. Like, what am I going to do now? And this, this, this thing kind of, but this, the crazy thing is, is that the, the boredom turns into something that's productive, you know, like all of a sudden I'll just overhaul the laundry or I'll clean out the garage or I'll sell, sell five things on Gumtree or I'll work out how to fix that thing or I'll go to Bunnings and, you know, that ends really well every time. <laughs> but sometimes the really mundane things can lead to really great breakthrough. 
And the world wants you to believe that if it's not exciting and fun, then it's not worth it. And that's not true, right? Just because it's a bit boring or mundane doesn't mean that God's not moving and God's not working and that it's all for nothing. Sometimes boring can lead to awesome, right? I mean, we're going to read a passage right now that on face value, it looks pretty boring, right? You'd be like, okay, really? That's, that's nice. That's interesting. But actually, God's going to help you to see something here that is going to help us to do two things. It's going to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and it's going to help you work with Jesus a little bit better, right? So, yeah, because boring can become awesome if you shift your perspective. It's like what we're trying to do with our kids. I'm bored. Good. Ain't that great? No, it's not good. Um, you can guess which of our children that was. Good job, Joyce. Uh, so um, just, to give you, just to give you a little bit of context to what we're about to read, uh, we've got uh, Paul's story so far. Paul is in prison. You can catch up on podcast and catch all of the, uh, the other messages in the series. Uh, to catch up to where we are. But Paul is in prison. He's been updating the church of Philippi as to what's been going on with him. Um, Paul understands from this guy called Epaphroditus and his team that the church at Philippi is struggling with a few things. There's a, there's a bit of external pressure going on and, and they're, they're not doing super well. There's a bit of opposition. We don't really know exactly what the opposition is, but... Um, Paul has basically told the church to stand firm anyway. That's chapter 1, verse 27, if you want. Um, he's told the church, stand firm, don't bend to the temptation to complain. Love that. But to live with Christ. Keep living with Christ and in the center of your life. Uh, and to do everything with this in mind. So uh, Paul's, about, Paul's just had some great stuff that he's been saying. And, and honestly, chapter 2 is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, but not this part. Um, so today we're going to deal with, uh, with this part. It's, it's chapter 2, verse 19 to 30. And Paul is returning to the narrative that he has started back in, uh, in chapter 1. So this is what it is, and then we're going to unpack it a little bit, and, and God's going to speak to you. It's going to be awesome. All right. Uh, Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. You better believe we're coming back to that. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I can, to, as soon as I see how things go with me. Paul's like, I really want to get out of prison. Uh, if I do, I'll send him. We'll come together. If I don't, I'll send him by himself. See how that goes. And then he goes, and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon as well. So maybe he's like, no, I've heard, heard from heaven. This is what's going to happen. Awesome. Verse 25, but I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you stand to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and he almost died. Whoa. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. 
Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I might have less anxiety. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his, I can't say that word, he risked his life. It's like congregation and Anglican, I can't say any of those words. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Okay, cool. I know, it's new levels, baby. Uh, so, so there's actually a lot in this passage here if we dig a little bit deeper than just the surface. Because on the surface, it looks like Paul's just telling Philippi, hey, I'm going to send you Timothy. He's a really great guy. Uh, and I'm hoping to come to you as well. I'm going to send you back Epaphroditus. He's the guy who bought, you, bought me the money that you sent. So thanks so much for that. He's going he's to thank them officially in, in, in chapter four, right at the end there. And, and uh, it looks like this is all Paul's trying to communicate. But actually, if we look a little bit deeper, there's a few really powerful truths that we can unlock out of this. I want to go back to verse 21. Read that again. I told you we're coming back here. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Ouch. That is the human default. The human default is it's all about me. Right? So if you're writing notes, write this down. We want what Jesus wants, okay? Paul has already told them in, in the earlier in chapter 2, he says, not looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. He's like, don't just think about yourself. He's talking in the context of the church, right? Don't just think about yourself and how you're feeling and how you're inconvenienced, right? Think about others as well. Now he's going, okay, okay, okay. Let's take it up a notch. Each of you now needs to look to Jesus' interests and stop thinking all about yourself. Whoa. And I'm really, I'm, I'm quite confronted by this because if I take an like, internal assessment as to how much I'm all about me, that's a fairly high percentage of that going on with me. Am I actually all about what Jesus is all about. Now, I'm not trying to condemn you or make you feel sad or bad or anything, right? But maybe if we were to take an internal assessment as well, we might be able to go, am I all about what Jesus wants? Sometimes I find God will ask me, what do you want in this situation? But here we have the inverse because God's a perfect father. But I also want to please my dad. My dad just doesn't want to please me. My, my earthly father doesn't just want to please me. I, I also want to please him. Right? So what is Jesus about? I mean, he's about others. For starters. He's about the kingdom. He's about the message and the power of the gospel. He's about loving people. Loving people. He's about building the church. He's about freedom. He's about transformation, life, right? So here's the clincher though. This is not just a list of what you should want. And if you don't want this list of things, you should feel bad until you want those things. This is all a normal flow of what happens when you are in relationship with Jesus. 
right? Um, in my marriage to Beck, for the most part, uh, yeah, yeah. She says, <laughs> she says she gets really nervous when I do this. Um, for the most part, and sometimes better than others, I know what she wants. That is always clarified at Christmas time if I've got it right or not. <laughs> I, I know what she wants out of life. I know her desires. I know her loves. I know how she likes her coffee. And I normally know earlier if I've got it right or not. Right? Because we're in an intimate relationship and we know each other deeply. Right? That's what a marriage is meant to be. Right? I don't just know about these things for her. It's not just a head knowledge thing. It's actually, I want those things as well for her. The things that she wants, I want them for her, right? Because, because I love her and we're in relationship. And hopefully we're going together in the same direction. So Paul is writing this and he is in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ in these 11 verses, Paul mentions God, Jesus, Christ, and the gospel like six times. And he's not unpacking theology here. He's not kind of, this isn't Romans. This is a letter to the Philippian church where Paul is just, and in this passage, he's just telling, this is what I hope to do. This is what's coming. But he's mentioning Jesus and the gospel and God and Christ all the time. It's like, whoa, Paul, settle down. It's crazy. To, to, to Paul, everything is about Christ. Everything. To Paul, he is completely wrapped up in Christ. It's all about the gospel. It's all about, and I'm like, am I all about those things? Because Paul's all about the interests of Jesus, not just the interests that he came up with. Uh, where the preaching team is um, using one commentary from Gordon Fee, a legend in the theological circles. Uh, and Gordon Fee writes this from, and it's up on the screen as well. Can we put that up there? From the time he was found in Christ Jesus, so that Christ thus became his whole life, everything Paul thinks, says, or does is based on his relationship with the Lord Jesus. Paul is all about Christ. Everything he's thinking is about how do we get the gospel out to more people. It's, oh, it, it's so good. But it's not just about feeling bad if I don't. It's about having the right priorities in my life, right? Because all of this flows from relationship with Jesus. This is how it works, okay? Three stages of this plan. I come into relationship with Jesus. I start to want the things that Jesus wants because I'm in relationship with Him. And he is, He's having an impact and an effect on me. And as I start to want what He wants even more, I, I move into a, a place where I'm working in a better flow with Him. But the problem is, is that we're so distracted and so busy that often the first step gets undermined by everything else I got to do. 
So I'm meant to be walking in relationship with Jesus, and that's the flow of things, but I try and skip the first step, and then I feel guilty about the second step because now I don't really want what Jesus wants, but I still got a lot to do. And so if you're not careful in Christian circles, you can end up in this place of just doing without feeling, without relationship. But it's not meant to be, I'm not meant to do my faith, right? I'm meant to walk with Christ and start to receive what He wants for the, for the world and then work with Christ for His purpose. Don't get, don't get the relationship part, you know, uh, as, as, as 10th priority because I'm so busy doing, 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 doing for my family, doing for Jesus, doing for the church, whatever, Right? you got to keep going, it's my relationship with Jesus that's the most important thing in my life. Exactly. Exactly. The work, the work is meant to flow from this oil that we get from Christ. But for, but for many of us, the work becomes a grind because I'm lacking the flow of oil. You, 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 you try and run your gearbox in your car without any oil, you, you're going to have a very big bill very quickly. And it's not going to work very well. You get the oil flowing from your relationship with Christ. And not only do I want what He wants, but now, now working with Him is, is a joy. It's not a duty, it's not an obligation, it's not a religion, it's not an act that I have to just accomplish. It's actually a joy because my relationship with Jesus is so flowing with fresh oil all the time that I love what He loves. I want what He wants. I, his interests have become my interests. And now we're just flowing with Him and it's not a lot of pressure. So why don't you just close your eyes for a minute? Because for some of us, our relationship with Jesus has taken such a back seat. And you have a faith, and yes, you have a relationship with God, but is it a relationship? Is it a, is it a point of intimacy? Or is it your first point of guilt? And maybe right now, we could just pray and you would know that he is still smiling at you and waiting for you to step into that safe, wonderful, kind, and generous space of relating to him. It's the Holy Spirit in the quiet would you just draw us into relationship with you regardless of how much we're doing in life how busy our calendar is we need you we want you Thank you for your acceptance. Thank you for your faithfulness. 
Thank you that we're not alone. For your kindness, your goodness. Amen. Awesome. Don't be thinking I'm done. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Just, we're just getting to point two. Yeah, that's how it works today. It's good. All right, everyone's part is important. Number two, write that down. Everyone's part is important. Paul moves into this little second section here from verse 25 onwards, and he starts talking, he introduces this guy called Epaphroditus. And we're like, who the heck is Epaphroditus? Like, you have not heard about this guy in all of Scripture. And this is the first time Paul's mentioning him, right? And now, Epaphroditus, and likely a few other people, have carried a large sum of money to Paul in Rome. Now, you go, yeah, that's, that's nice. That's not bad. Okay, in perfect conditions, it would have taken him, if he got all the right ships to, at all the right times, it would have taken him a three-week journey if he was on foot. Three weeks to get from Philippi to Rome if everything was going perfect, right? You chuck in a couple of storms, you throw in a, a pack of robbers or whatever. I don't know, I wasn't there. But, but <laughs> it, could take, it could take up to three months just to get the trip done. Okay, now Paul's in prison and the Roman state is not paying for any of Paul's meals, any of Paul's needs, any of his medical requirements. If you go to prison... People on the outside have to look after you on the inside. So the Philippian church is, in a, is not like that. They've got some real sacrifices that they're having to make, but they know that Paul's in need. This is what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians 8, right? They gave out of their poverty. Incredible. They gave to Paul and Epaphroditus is heading up the team to go and take this cash to Paul, three, we, it's like 17, I don't know how many kilometers it is. I looked up and then like it's, the internet is like confused about where Philippi and Rome is. <laughs> Who knows? But Epaphroditus on this journey gets so sick, he almost dies. But he's like, I've got to fulfill, I've got to fulfill what God's called me to do. Right? It's awesome. So in those days, if you were close to death, you, you don't come back from that. There's no medical team at the John Hunter Hospital who's going to sort you out, right? You don't have a Carolyn Sanderson who's able to meet you as your GP and be like, oh, you need a prescription for that? No worries, sort you out. Antibiotics are yours. You, you get close to death, you're out. Bye. Hope you have a good afterlife. And that's why Paul says that God had mercy on him. Paul's a guy who believes in healing, right? Two Corinthians, one Corinthians, all of Paul's other letters. I reckon this is what happened. I reckon Epaphroditus turns up, Paul's like, you are not well. Uh, thanks for the cash. Let's lay some hands on this guy. Paul lays hands on him and God heals him. Or God begins this process of, of, of supernatural healing, right? Paul says God had mercy on him. He, twice he says Epaphroditus almost died. Whoa. And now Epaphroditus is so keen to go back to Philippi because guess what probably happens? <laughs> I don't know any of this. But guess what probably happens? 
Because we, we, have to, we have to look at what's taking place in, in this book and in the other books and, and work out the journeys and the, and the travel, which lots smarter people than I have have done that for me. That sentence didn't really even make sense. But, <laughs> but Epaphroditus would have come with a team. Epaphroditus was ill, so he would have stayed. And the, other, the, the team would have gone back to Philippi and told the Philippian church, Epaphroditus is nearly dead. And they're like, oh my goodness. That's why Paul is, is saying Epaphroditus wants to come home because you heard that he was ill. Right? Verse 25 uh, says, But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Whoa. Paul is honoring the work of this guy called Epaphroditus. He calls him his brother, his co-worker, his fellow soldier. In verse 29, he says, he says, honor him. You know, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor him. Wow. So two things are really, really cool right here. Firstly, when Paul is dictating this letter, Epaphroditus is probably in the room. I'm feeling pretty chuffed if I'm Epaphroditus and Paul, the Apostle Paul, is dictating a letter. He's not going to know it's going to be a, become part of the canon of Scripture. But, he, but, right? And the Apostle Paul is like, this guy, my fellow soldier, I'm like in the room if I'm Epaphroditus going, oh man, I just bought you some cash, but thanks. Right? So good. A church is probably going to read this letter publicly and Epaphroditus is going to get honoured and honoured and honoured and honoured and he's feeling honoured and he's going to get honoured again. And every time you honour someone, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, right? Secondly, we, we start to see the value of someone playing a less public role in Scripture, right? Epaphroditus is probably like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really do much, man, like, we just came to give you some money and what? This is like, it's, you know when you feel like it's too much honor and you go, no, come on, stop, but keep going, but keep going, but stop, but come on, come on, right? Uh, I love that Paul is elevating Epaphroditus. He's honoring Epaphroditus. And this, this aligns with what Paul says back in Corinthians, right? When he says to honor those whose work is behind the scenes. It's exactly what he's, he's, he's presenting right here. You know, we've got, a, we've got some awesome teams, but I just want to honour one team right now. I want to honour our venue team. If you're on uh, Pastor Beck's venue team, can you stand to your feet, please? If you serve in any capacity on that team, just stand to your feet. Come on. We just want to thank you and honour you. Awesome. 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 Thank you. That's so good. You guys do such a great work. You are helping people to connect. You are helping conversation to flow. You are helping create a space where people can encounter Jesus. And that's so valuable and so important. And so we want to honor you today. It's so good. Um, and teams are really, really important. Every role is important across the church. Teams are important. Our venue team, our kids team, right? Creative, our V group leaders, Teams that happen through the week, like Silla, you know, helps with events. You know, Mon is doing venue team. Uh, sorry, uh, is looking after our building space as well. Teams are really valuable because they start us on a journey 
to uncovering what we're here for. Right? They help us to start in the work of Christ. Paul's talking about the work of Christ, the work of the gospel, the work of Christ, the work of the gospel. And that's one of the reasons we have teams on a Sunday because they help us to contribute to the family that we're in. They help us to serve others and not just think about myself all the time. If you're looking for a reason to join a team, that's, 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 what, that's the best I got. That's it. Because it helps you to take your focus off yourself. It helps you to contribute to the family, right? And it helps you get started in this amazing thing called the work of Christ. Right? If there's no other avenue in your whole life where you are working with God, this is a great place to start. Right? Uh, and I, I, I'm sorry to say, but it's not always convenient. It's not always super easy. You know? And you're not always going to get on with everybody perfectly. And that's okay. That's all right. Right? Because it's actually very helpful for you. And it's helpful for us. It's helpful for you because it becomes less about yourself. Anytime someone complains, generally it's because they made it about them. Right? Right? Most of the time. And then it puts us on a track where we get to discover what's on my life. What's actually on me for others. Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, they all played really different roles. Timothy built the church. Paul started the church. Epaphroditus delivered some cash. But Paul twice says that Epaphroditus is involved in the work of the gospel. He didn't diminish Epaphroditus' role because it was less than his. He elevated and honoured him. Love it. Point number three, if you're taking notes, I'm wrapping up, is let's do the work. Let's do the work. I know that for a lot of us, specifically on one side of the room, think that work is really a bad idea. <laughs> work is like a dirty word. And if you guys over there think that work, no. For, for me, I don't like to work. I like to play. I like to have fun. I like annual leave and days off. I like Saturday, you know, where I don't feel like I'm having to work. But work is not a dirty word, right? Adam and Eve were told to work the garden, subdue the earth, go and work the earth. Last week was, was uh, City Serve, and we went to work on people's gardens to love them. Right? It was awesome. I talked about in the little devotional we had earlier before City Serve, I talked about not just believing the gospel, but living the gospel. Right? Because it's not just enough for me to go, thanks, Jesus, right, for loving me and serving me even though I didn't deserve it, and for doing it all at your own expense. 
Now I'm called to do exactly the same thing for others. I'm called to love them and serve them despite, you know, they might not deserve it, but I'm still going to love the person at work who drives me crazy. I'm going to try and serve the person at work who drives me crazy. And I'm going to do it even at my own expense because that's what Jesus did for me. I just love in these verses, Paul talks about the work of the gospel. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it's messy and it's awkward. You know, I've been doing this for how many years have we been doing this? 17 years. I can't count the amount of awkward conversations I've had, had to have with people whose lives are falling apart. But that's part of the work of the gospel. That's part of advancing the kingdom and building the church. And that's what we're here for. This is the most important work of our lives. Okay, can I just be really real with you for a minute? Your job and your side hustle and all the other good things that you do in the world today are not the most important work of your life. Now, I'm not putting raising your family in, that, in this category because that is super important. But these other things that you've got going on, your Instagram account is not the most important work of your life. Right? Putting an extra few dollars in the bank account is not the most important. It's, it's important, but it's not the most important work of your life. The work of the gospel. That's, that's the most important work that we can do. So we need to do the work. We need to apply ourselves and sign up and do this thing called the work of Christ. Verse 22, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son, I love this part, because as a son with his father, like as a family, the best thing you could do is build the church and advance the kingdom. So good. He has served with me in the work of the gospel, verse 29 and 30. So then welcome him, Epaphroditus, in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. Whoa, the work of Christ. Teams here on Sunday during the week, you in your job, you're doing the work of Christ. <coughs> Sharing your story with someone, your testimony. Or what God did on, or what God said to you that morning, right? Choosing to love someone who's really hurt in love, right? Giving attention to the person that you can't stand. Giving money to the house of God. Um, just said it. Come at me, ACA. No. <laughs> Having a compassion child, right? Buying a meal for a homeless person. Getting a prophetic word for somebody in your V group. Praying for your neighbor to be healed. Going on a mission trip. Come with me to Thailand. Helping your kids navigate a difficult situation at school with prayer and the word of God. Right? Making coffees on Sunday. Laying biscuits on a platter. Helping kids connect with Jesus taking someone out for coffee who's doing it tough. These are all examples of the work of the gospel. The work of the gospel. It can be small, it can be large, it can be one-on-one, -on -one, it can be one-to-many. 
It's the work of the gospel, and that's the most important work of our lives. It's not always exciting and fun or amazing, and it, it might not look like it's bearing immediate fruit even. But the work of Christ at home, at work, at church, wherever you and I are, that's the interests of Jesus. That's the most, the greatest work that you and I will ever do. Because we can make a lot of difference doing a lot of things. But at the end of the day, when you turn up into heaven, the Word of God says that all the things that you did on planet Earth are going to be put to the test. Uh, And we can do a lot of great things and get caught up in a lot of great stuff. But the work of the gospel is the only thing that's going to remain at the end of the day. Let's pray. God, we thank you for speaking to us through this, this verse, that, these verses that might have seemed, seemed a bit kind of random or just informative. But God, just continue to speak to us this week through this passage. Help us to apply it, Holy Spirit. Help us to walk in relationship with you. Relationship with you, Jesus. Relationship with you, Holy Spirit. Relationship with you, Father. Help us to walk daily, moment by moment, in and out of our car, in and out of work, in and out of conversation, in and out of tasks. Help us to walk in relationship with you, Jesus. And would you, would you just kind of rub off on us? Would you rub off on us and help us to get your desire in our heart? So that when we work with you for the work of the gospel, to advance the kingdom, to advance the rule and the reign of God on planet earth through conversation, through task, through creating spaces and places for people to encounter you, through prayer and supernatural things and signs and wonders, through the prophetic and seemingly the menial. God, would you build your church? Would you advance your kingdom? Would we see lost people come to Christ? Would you transform us? Would you empower us through relationship with you to make a difference on planet Earth for your glory? Maybe you're here today and this whole thing about relationship with Jesus you're feeling pretty disconnected right now. Maybe you've never invited Christ into your life. Maybe you did one day, but you're not, you're not walking with Him anymore. Well, I just want to say that He loves you and He loves you so much that Jesus willingly and lovingly came to earth to die on a cross for you in your place to pay for your sin.
because He wants relationship with you. And the way to access that relationship is to receive His offer of forgiveness and to say, I'm sorry for what I've done. But walking with you is going to be the greatest adventure of my life. So forgive me and come into my life. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior, as my friend. Fill me with your Spirit and let me walk in relationship with you. And if you want to pray a prayer similar to that, just give me a little wave right now. If you're with Him, but you're feeling distant, you've walked away, or if you've never invited Christ into your life before, just give me a little wave. sure that was um, record time and finish for you, babe. Yeah, I know. There's time left on the clock. It's like 11 seconds there. Hey, um, can I encourage you this morning, um, if, if you feel a little bit stirred by what Pastor Darren's been speaking about this morning, and like if you're not serving and you know, somewhere in the church and, and you're kind of going, mm, maybe I could do that. Like if, if God's kind of making you go, eh, maybe, come and talk to somebody today. Don't like go, I'll just see them next week. Uh, you know, I'll just talk to them next time it sort of feels like I've got an opportunity. And if you're kind of, you know, going, oh, but I've got kids so I've really got to be watching the kids or, you know, I've got this so it may not be convenient or what if they put me on a team that I don't like? Okay, so we switch it. Um, what if I don't find it as enjoyable as I thought I would? Or what if, if you've got a whole pile of, yeah, but what if? Well, what if it's actually amazing? What if you actually find your thing that you've been looking for? What if you go, you know what? That thing that I do, like, during, whether it's a during the week thing or if it's a Sunday morning thing, what if, like, it turns out that's the thing I look forward to most every week because I know that I'm going to make a difference to someone. I know that I'm going to extend the kingdom. What if actually serving somebody else secretly gives me a little buzz on the inside and, you know, whilst I say it's all for Jesus, uh, like, you know, maybe it's the thing. What if it is? What if it's the thing that you go, so fun. What if it's the thing that your kids go, oh, can I do that too? Like, there is nothing more amazing than being able to serve with your kids, with your kids, alongside your kids. So don't use kids as a, as a reason, as a, if, it's a, if it's an excuse. There's always a ton of kids unsupervised. I mean, there's... Um, We try to involve them if we can. Or we use some older kids that are hanging around to hang out with the younger kids. It's great for them to see. Awesome. Well, if you need more information, have a chat to Darren or I or check the website even better or get on Instagram because there's always lots of notices going up there to keep you up to date on a week-to-week basis. Um, aside from that, have an awesome week. The coffee is on because... Bella has prepared it for you to give you a great experience this morning. She has laid biscuits on a plate.
with love. Awesome. Have a great week, church. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.